This episode is sponsored by ByHeart. And I feel like I need to preface what I'm going to say with this. I'm a huge advocate of breastfeeding. Anyone who knows me well knows that nursing is something I believe in. And all five of our biological children were breastfed until they were 19 to 23 months old. However, we also have fostered and adopted, and I've been so grateful for formula companies in those situations. I'm also grateful for formula companies because our last two biological children, I really struggled with my supply and did all the things, spent so much time and effort, and just was never able to produce enough for them to be able to gain weight and not be hungry. And so I was so grateful for companies like Byheart. Byheart is an infant nutrition company built from the ground up to deliver real innovation on behalf of babies and parents. Their mission is simple, make the best formula in the world. Using the latest in breast milk science, Byheart created a clinically proven, easy to digest infant formula that's made with organic, grass-fed whole milk, certified clean ingredients, and features a patented protein blend that gets closest to breast milk. They're made with certified clean ingredients. It has no soy, corn syrup, GMOs, or palm oil. Curious about Byheart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com forward slash podcast with code crystal for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. So go to byheart.com forward slash podcast and use crystal to get your welcome offer. Welcome to the Crystal Pain Show, where we help you embrace your life right where you are and give you practical steps to get to where you want to go. Whether you are in your car, folding laundry, cooking, cleaning, or maybe even just enjoying a cup of coffee and a few minutes of quiet, we're so glad you're joining us today. Here's your host, wife, mother of four, foster mom, entrepreneur, and author, Crystal Payne. Welcome to another episode of The Crystal Pain Show. Today, we are going to bring you part two of Crazy Vacation Stories. If you remember a number of months ago, this was actually when we were all in lockdown. We did a podcast episode sharing some of our craziest travel stories. Well, we've got another one to add to that list that is very fresh that just happened on our trip a week ago. Well, it was a little over a week ago when all the things happened, but we're Mm going to share that with you today because it was too good not to share in a podcast episode. But before we get to that, Jesse, you actually just finished a book today. Is that that what you told me? I finished it yesterday. Wow. Yeah. And I think that possibly because of the podcast, there's something else that I have kind of given you the nudge to start doing listening to audiobooks is that what you're referring to yes but on the libby app this is new for you right yes i've never used the libby app before until this most recent book don't know if i like it as much don't like it as much as what um because i had used the overdrive app Mm -hmm. and there were a lot more books available on the overdrive app interesting I haven't compared the two side by side. I used to use Overdrive before Libby was even a thing, mm-hmm. but I found it very clunky to work with. And I would I would agree with that. But and Libby is very very easy to use. It, and I don't know, I because I would need to 
see if I can search the same books in the Overdrive app that I was looking for in Libby because that I couldn't find. I just found out also Hoopla. I didn't even know this. They actually, you get six books a month, but you don't have to wait in line for them. There's no mm. hold, but you have a limit of six a month. I, I guess somebody was telling me this and I was just confused. And then I realized, I don't know that I actually ever downloaded Hoopla because I just loved Overdrive and didn't need a second option mm -hmm. and then switched to Libby whenever they were really pushing that you make the switch to Libby. And um, the, Libby and Overdrive, from what I understand, are kind of interconnected. And Libby was kind of the more like the modernized version or something. Oh, but anyway, okay. Hoopla, it, you don't have to wait. So somebody was telling me that book the other day where Libby... You know, mm -hmm. I couldn't get yeah. back in and then I had to put it on hold again. They said, well, if you just go into Hoopla, you could have gotten it immediately because it was available on there. But, so when that happened to you, did mm -hmm. they automatically return it for you so that you had to get back at the end of the line? Well, what happened is I got logged out of my account and for some reason I couldn't get logged back in. So oh. I then I used your library card and basically had to start fresh again. Now, probably if I would have gone to the library, they probably could have figured out how to help me, but mm -hmm. the password wasn't working. And the only way that I could really get that fixed is I would need to call the library, go into the library. Yeah, it's a headache. And so I was just like, I'll just use your library card. So my account is still there. All the books, I just am not accessing it. I'm using your mm -hmm. okay. library card. And, and you can use, we have found out that you can use it on more than one device. Yes. So that's great. So you started using Libby app mm -hmm. and what book did you just finish? Just finished because you had been uh, talking about the killing series that we had listened to mm -hmm. here, earlier this year, last year. And there were some books in the killing series that I had not read. Uh, one of which was Killing the SS. And that was that's what I listened to. It was pretty fascinating. And it was the Killing series by Bill O'Reilly. We Correct. should uh -huh. qualify that. So and he read it and he's read the audiobook. That's kind of, it's not quite as good to listen to when he's reading the audiobook. Maybe his voice is a little annoying. And so his reading cadence it, it gets off. It's it, You can tell he's not a professional reader. Did you listen to it on normal speed or did you speed it up? I listened to it on normal speed. Because I know you always listen to it at like one and a half or two. Well, the weird thing Sounds is... Sounds like Alvin the chipmunk reading it. No, the weird thing is, is that when I listen to it, I always do at least 1.25. If it's a very... If it's a narrator who reads very quickly, then I'll mm -hmm. do 1.25. But typically I do 1.5. And... Then if I ever turn it down to one or sometimes it'll get, <laughs> it'll really go slow. back. I'm like, nah, nah, nah. I'm like, how slow are these authors reading the book? Because when I listen to it at 1.5, it sounds normal cadence to me. So what I enjoy doing is listening to podcasts on half and it sounds like they're drunk, <laughs> but it's pretty, a lot of people tell comical. me that they listen to this podcast on one and a half and I have never done that. So I have no idea what my voice sounds like at one and a half. And I'm curious, Love Center Parenting, I narrated that audiobook, and I'm curious what it sounds like at 1.5. But anyway, so you enjoyed that book. I did. And it actually went up to, I think the most recent, um, anyway, the, the book is about the capture of the various SS agents after World War II that were not brought to justice in the Nuremberg trials. Okay. And it went all the way up to 2016. 
I think mm-hmm. is the most recent case that there was a, a woman, the elderly woman that was living in San Francisco. How old was she? 86. Wow. 86, 82, something like that. And what, they captured her? Mm-hmm. At yep. 86 years old? Somebody from the Department of Justice went in and they arrested her and she got deported to Germany. She lied on some paperwork wow. for entering the United States, got married to a man that was Jewish, mm-hmm. wanted to be buried in the Jewish cemetery that uh, he was had just recently been buried in, and um, realized that, oh, that's not going to happen, and ended up selling the burial plot, and getting a new headstone, because it was a double headstone with the Star of David on the headstone. And so I guess she was living somewhat in this way for this kind of penance. Okay, well, so I was wondering whether it was like a cover-up mm-hmm. or whether it was actually a changed heart and like trying to... Yeah, I don't know necessarily as much a changed heart as much as... Because, I mean, she, even it's amazing up until the end, so many of these former agents that were caught were... I was just following orders was their excuse and mm-hmm. was just... And honestly, I mean, that's very much um, a German mindset of you... You need to do X, Y, and Z in this order and, and very regimented. And Well, and also if you put yourself in their shoes mm-hmm. and you think of if you knew that your livelihood and the livelihood your, of your family, your family mm-hmm. and your kids, your spouse, all of that was going to be like at stake if you didn't follow orders. Mm-hmm. I it, think when you put it in that context, I think, what would I do? Mm-hmm. Like, would I have the courage? To stand up and say no when I knew that it was going to mean the life of my kids, no. my spouse, my life. Well, the the, um, the this particular woman served at Ravensbrook, and she uh, apparently was there was all women there at that facility where she was at, and I don't believe that they. It, it was a different facility in, in what she did, but she carried, uh, had a, was a kind of a dog handler. And so she had the German shepherd that would um, terrorize the people that they've arrested. And apparently the guards, as they got new staff members, brought new staff members in, they'd bring them up and tell them to do something. Any of them that hesitated were immediately arrested themselves and put in the camp. Mm-hmm. And put it, and I don't know if they ended up being shot or what, but it was it was pretty interesting. But it was also fascinating how many went to Argentina. Mm. There was like a, a straight line from Germany to Argentina for them to escape the Nazi hunters, as they were called. Well, I read a book that was. Well, I'm listening to a book. I'm almost finished with it. That's also about World War II. It feels like I've been listening to a lot of World War II books, but this is called The Last Year of the War. I've actually had it up on my bookshelf for a long time, wanted to read it. I don't even know where I heard of it, but it is a fascinating story. It's a novel, but I I feel like it's based upon, you know, it's a historical novel, so based upon a lot of truth, mm-hmm. um, true stories. And um, it's a Japanese girl and a German girl who were both born in America. Their families had immigrated years before they were born. And then they, their families are put in an internment camp and they meet there. And then both families end up getting repatriated to their 
countries. And so it talks about just kind of from that perspective, like what it would be like to be someone who has such loyalty mm-hmm. to America, who feels like they are an American, even mm-hmm. though they're German by blood, mm-hmm. their loyalties are with America. And yet because of the fear of the possibility that the dad could be a spy or is working undercover in some Mm -hmm. way for another country, then they're put in the internment camp and just treated, I mean, not anything like the concentration camps, but so much of their rights were taken away. And then going back to Germany, this family went back to Germany the last year of the war. And so Mm -hmm. it kind of talks about what it's like to go back there and feel like this is not my home. And it is just in ruins. And then this girl could only speak English. And so the dad wouldn't let her talk because if people heard her talk and they could tell that she had an American, you know, could only speak English and had a very strong American accent, obviously that's not going to bode well for them in Germany either. And so it's just like this very complex Mm -hmm. sort of thing. And I feel like it's just a perspective that I've never really thought of before. And like I said, I haven't finished the book, but I've found it to be very, very interesting. I'm listening to the audiobook on Libby, and I think I have about three hours left. I think it's a 16-hour book, so fairly far into it. And um, just, I feel like it's well worth um, listening to or reading, just to try to put yourself in those shoes and what it would be like. Well, as far as what's saving our life this week... I kind of feel like we should meld that into the vacation story because there are some things we learned from that that literally could have saved our life. I can think of one thing. Yes. Go ahead. So, well, I'm going to, we'll share that when we get to the vacation thing. But Jesse, I asked you what's saving your life this week and you were, you were a little hesitant of coming up with something. And I said, well, I have something for you. So do you remember on our episode where we talked about email? And do you remember how you were talking about using the Gmail app on your phone? Yes. Well, I'm going to give you something here that's going to save your life. Okay. Remember how you said you couldn't archive, you could only delete? No, you cannot delete. You could only archive. Okay. Well, that's a default setting. Okay. So Becky wrote in and said, I heard your husband mention in an episode that when you swipe messages in the Gmail app, they only archive. That's the default setting, but it can be changed in the settings to have them deleted. So there you go. I'm going to save you some space on your phone. And we also got another great tip. This one was, let me see if I can pull this up. This one was from Kathy and she was talking about cleaning out your inbox. And she said, when I gave the suggestion of to just go through, you know, set the timer for 15 minutes and just clean out as many emails as you possibly can to, um, delete or archive in that 15 minutes and kind of to go through your different 15 minute segments to get through. If you have thousands and thousands of messages, if you're interested, you can go back and listen to that episode. We'll link in the show notes, but she said one email suggestion for cleaning out one's inbox is to sort by sender so that if it's junk, you can delete several at a time, which I thought was a great tip that I hadn't mentioned or really thought about. So if you have 35,000 messages and you want to go through really quickly to sort by sender so that you're going to see you might have, you might literally have pages of messages from one sender, and then you could just really quickly mm-hmm. um, delete all of those. So I thought that was a great tip. 
We also got another email that I wanted to read. We've just gotten so much great feedback recently. We love hearing from you. If you ever have any feedback on the podcast or we say something, you want to give us an extra tip or just um, constructive criticism, you can email crystal at moneysavingmom.com. But Mary um, also wrote in about the email podcast. And she said, thank you for the recent podcast on managing email. I need a good reminder. I cleaned out the 35,000 emails in my inbox some time ago and unsubscribed from so many, but filled back up again in no time. I need to just make a new system. And then she said, again, I'm actually sending this email for your husband. I did learn after being very frustrated with the Gmail app that if you press and hold the email, but you're wanting to delete, you'll actually get the delete button and then can delete multiple at a time. Swiping is what creates the archives. Okay. So you can change it in your settings, Hmm. but this tip was you can actually press and hold the email. So you're going to have to test that out. Are you testing it right now to see if it works? No, I'm actually looking something up. Oh, okay. Doing some live research here. here. But I love that you guys are giving us so many great additional tips and we learn so much. If you follow me on Instagram, I'm that money saving mom on Instagram, but I constantly every single day am learning so many things about so many different things, because I feel like when you have a whole community of people giving their voice and experience and perspectives, it just helps you to learn so much more than you can ever figure out on your own. For instance, we bought tofu because it was marked down to 50 cents. You're giving, you're just rolling your eyes at me that I even would do that. But I learned because I asked, what should I do with tofu? Because I've hardly ever bought tofu. Never have bought tofu. I actually believe I have, I have purchased it before. It's been a long, long time, but I couldn't pass it up at 50 cents a package, a big package. Uh, You could use that 50 cents for something else. (laughs) Hey. We used it in stuff. You didn't love it, but it worked. But I learned that there are different firmness levels of tofu. Did you know this? It's I didn't even wouldn't even know to look for this on the package. It says like one, two, three, four, five, and it circled which one. And then the depending upon the level of firmness is what you can use it in. So if it's a really soft tofu, you can use it like in a smoothie. Uh But if it's a firmer one, then you would use it more like in fried rice or I shouldn't be talking about this, but my, my, let's just say my audience taught me a lot. But one thing I did learn, you probably don't know this. You have to drain the tofu, but usually you would just drain it by, you put it on paper towels, you put the tofu, and then you could put like a heavy saucepan or something on it for 30 minutes and it kind of slowly squeezes out all the water content Mm -hmm. in it. But there are actually little appliances, like these little kitchen gadgets that like press the tofu. And I had no idea who knew it needed to be drained, who knew there was different firmness levels, but then also that obviously some people a tofu press. So yes, my audience teaches me so much on Instagram every day. Jesse, we talked about jujitsu, I think it was last episode, and you were talking about just your experience with that, but you have actually kind of stepped it up to bit. the next level in the last two weeks since we've done a podcast, and your face <laughs> bears evidence yep. of that. You mm-hmm. want to talk about that a little bit? Well, I finished up my trial period at the gym that I'm going to, so I went ahead and signed up to go uh, two to three times a week. But when we were gone to Wichita, I had the opportunity to go roll with my brother, uh, who I didn't know um, prior to going down, or at least 
for a little bit prior to going down that he was uh, had just started uh, had been involved in jujitsu for about eight months so that was a lot of fun and during the time period of my trial period we did not spar uh, they wouldn't ha- let me spar because it was just the trial period until I was on. So you were just, if you're not sparring, were you just, just doing the kicks or? There's no kicks. I don't know what jujitsu is exactly. Okay. <laughs> were you like, yes. what, what, what no. Do, punching? No, I mean, no. I don't even know. Okay. No, just, I should just stop just, talking. Yes. Just <laughs> it's all on the ground. Um, you're on the ground the whole time. Pretty much. So how do you practice jujitsu by yourself That's you don't what I'm... practice by yourself how were you, you going with somebody else no 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 but how were you going to jujitsu driving <laughs> like <laughs> what were you doing at jujitsu just sitting drilling. in a chair watching no that's what i'm saying what is drilling if you if you you're just not, drill certain moves if you're not you doing learn, it with someone else just you are doing it with something somebody else but that's not considered rolling rolling it, so drilling is you're learning a certain technique and you do that over and over and over. And so one person does the offensive uh, part of that move and the other person just lets them, lets them do it. Okay. And then they switch. So when you're sparring, the other person is not letting you no. do that. Okay. No, it's active, you. very active resistance fighting. Yes. That's what I was trying to figure out because I was thinking, what are you just like laying there and like, by yourself, like flipping your body. I mean, like that's what I was picturing in my head. Like, like a dead you fish. can't like spar with someone Actually, else. Then how do you? Okay. Yeah. So anyway, now you came home from your first time where you actually got to spar and you had. Sort of. I actually sparred all for the first time sorts of marks. Yes. It was, it was in Wichita when you came back. Oh yes. The bruises. You had all these little red purple bruises Mm -hmm. all over you and i was like what on earth that was from the drilling because we were drilling some like shoulder pins and so to do that you're you're pinning the the gi underneath the shoulders and pushing up and so what you were saying was the bruises from the pressure of using your thumbs to push the push the gi and pin the shoulders up and then the last time you came back or no two times ago you came Mm -hmm. back from jujitsu and your face looked like you had been in a dog fight. And now you still, you have, right now you have a big bruise on your nose. It's not a bruise. What is it? A burn? A burn. Okay. It looks like a big bruise on your nose. And then your eyes look like. It's a, it's a burn too. The gi burn. But it's like these huge purple scratch things. And I said, I can't, you can't be on camera with me. I'm never on camera with you. Yes. Sometimes, sometimes we do Instagram stories or something. I'm like, you can't be on camera with me. Somebody's going to file a domestic abuse claim or something against me because it looks terrible. So my question is, at what point are you going to stop coming home looking like you were in a street fight? I don't know. (laughs) Listen, hey, you think this is bad? You should see the other guy. At any rate, I think you've been enjoying jiu-jitsu. Yes, I have. Jesse, before we talk about our crazy travel story, we actually have a sponsor. 
sponsor for this week's podcast, which we have not had a sponsor for a long time, mostly just because we've said no to a lot of sponsors. And that is not the goal of this podcast is to be a sponsor-driven show. But every once in a while, if there is a product or a service or a company that we feel like we can really get behind, we're happy to bring them to you. And so today's sponsor is Annie's. And it's specifically Annie's Creative Girls Club. Annie's has a lot of different subscription boxes for boys, for girls, for women, lots of different craft type kits that you're going to get in the mail every single month. But Annie's Creative Girls Club is one of my very favorites. And what you get when you sign up for this is two fun kits in the mail every single month that have basically everything you need to create them plus easy to follow instructions. And what I love about these kits is that there's so many different types of crafts. It's not like they're all just painting or they're all just beading. Every month, you never know what it's going to be. And sometimes it is painting. Sometimes it is beading. Sometimes it's stitching. Sometimes it's Um, you are making beautiful cards or some of them have been weaving so many different things. And I actually, even though I am totally not in their target market, have loved creating these. Um, I have created these cute painted clothespins. I've done the weaving ones. Um, Caitlin and I have done some different ones together as well. And we have a few more in the closet that I'm really, really excited to get to do hopefully over the next few weeks. And so if you're looking for something to keep your girls occupied and creative over the summer, definitely check this out. Go to annieskitclubs.com forward slash crystal to save 75% off your first month. So that's annieskitclubs.com forward slash crystal. annieskitclubs.com forward slash crystal. All right, Jesse, the crazy travel story that we have to share. I'm trying to think how we start this out. So we typically, when we travel, we don't book hotels way in advance. That is correct. I would say basically we never book hotels way in advance. If we book a hotel more than a few days in advance, that is extremely organized for us. Mm -hmm. But a lot of it is also because we like the flexibility of being able to decide what's going to work the day up. Right. A lot of times we make stops on the way that weren't planned. And so we were traveling to Wichita, Kansas via first we went to Paducah, Kentucky, and then we went to Branson, Missouri, and then we were headed to Wichita, Kansas. And so probably about, I would say a few hours out, we decided to figure out where we were going to stay. And so I pulled up on my laptop And we were actually stopped at a gas station, I think, and you pulled open your phone and we were just looking for a lot of different options and quickly found Mm -hmm. found out that our options were fairly limited, which is actually not normal for Wichita. No, no. Especially when it's not a holiday or something. Mm -hmm. Sometimes around Christmas or Thanksgiving, we do have to book a little bit out because there will be not a lot of vacancy. But we were not finding great deals or just options. Mm -hmm. Part of it too is because we have so many kids. That's true. We do have a lot of kids. And so we were digging into just not our normal. We kind of have some go-to hotels that we typically would um, go with and none of those were working. So we started looking out, thinking outside the box. And I would say that we spent probably 15 or 20 minutes, both of us kind of looking for our options. And then Mm -hmm. you found this one. 
Yeah. It was pretty close to where we were uh, going to be spending a lot of our time. And um, so decided, hey, son, let's take a flyer and see if we can make it work. A flyer? What does that mean? Take a shot at it. Oh, okay. Okay. I had never heard that before. So let's take a shot at it. And we looked at the reviews, which typically... You, no, no, there's no we. Okay. I looked at the reviews. You looked at the reviews. And I think as far as the um, next time we do this, I think I might look at the reviews too. Okay. when And I should qualify when I say look at the reviews. I more looked at the ratings. Mm-hmm. Because in the past on Hotels.com, we've had a pretty good experience as long as the ratings are close to... Definitely over a six, I would say over, you know, somewhere around a seven mm-hmm. where it's going to be a decent hotel. Okay. So you looked at the ratings, not the reviews necessarily. Yes. So why did you look at the reviews oh, later yes. and did it confirm what we had experienced? Um, yeah. If, yeah. Okay. To a T. Okay. Well, live and learn next time. Yep. And we usually actually do look at the, the reviews. But this time I just looked at the ratings. That's mm-hmm. all I was looking yeah, at. And I think it's because we were kind of in a hurry. We needed to get this done. Mm-hmm. Live and learn. That's not a good way to book a hotel. But I think, you know, we're kind of like we're on the road. We had stopped for a little while. We didn't want the babies to wake up and start crying. And so it's like, we need to get back on the road. Let's just get this done. Mm-hmm. And it was a good location, close to our families. And, you know, we knew it wasn't going to be like this really amazing hotel. Right. But it was super inexpensive. Super inexpensive. We should put the emphasis on that. And it had a lot of the amenities that what we thought would be good for our family. You know, the breakfast in the morning had a pool. Um, Let's see, what was the other amenity that was listed that was, I mean, and that's why we were attracted to the hotel in the first place. And it had a 7.0 rating on hotels.com and it had an 8.1 rating on bookings.com. So, I mean, yeah. And, and on the window when you walked in it said eight point eight. On bookies.com. On the on the window, yeah. Um the other thing is that we were familiar with the hotel and the area and so we knew it was a good area and all that. So we went ahead and you booked it and um we pull up there and immediately when we pull up, we knew it was not a good sign when they literally didn't have a sign. It was tacked up, like their hotel sign was tacked up on little sticks. It's like a temporary sign. Very, very temporary. And, and the permanent sign, which apparently had been the hotel name before, mm-hmm. was on the ground next to the parking lot. Yes. And the roof was, I would say probably a fourth of the roof was tarped up. I didn't even notice the roof. I didn't notice that until... After I told people where we were staying, they're like, oh, the one with the tarp on the roof? And then I looked and I was like, yes. So that should have been another sign. I would say the third sign that there were some concerns was when we walked in, it was very warm. So mm-hmm. like the air conditioner was not working. And I went to check out the pool and it was completely empty. And not only that, but there were just piles of cardboard boxes all in the pool area. It was a disaster. And then the kind of the front area lobby was just dirty. And 
The woman who was at the desk couldn't really speak English. And seems to me that the hotel had aged quite a bit since we had last been there. Well, we've never stayed there. Never stayed there. I've been in the hotel before. Yes. And so then there was also a chirping smoke alarm. Yep. And so, but we're like, okay, we got this really great deal. It's a good location. We probably won't be at the hotel that much because we're going to be with family. We can just do this. It'll just be a few days. Mm -hmm. We've stayed in much worse when we've been in other countries. It'll be fine. a musty smell too, especially when you went into one of the rooms. So, yes, we went into the one room and they also had an exposed outlet. Mm -hmm. So then we knew, well, we can't have the babies in this room. So we were going to put the girls in that room and then um, and Silas, if he would stay in there. And so then we went in the other room and the other room actually didn't smell that bad. And it it seemed like the air conditioner was working better. So and that was one reason why we got this hotel as well, because I had asked for adjoining rooms. Yes. I called ahead. They said, yeah, we'll put you rooms right next to each other. Mm -hmm. And then the woman at the front desk that couldn't speak English. And so she couldn't really even understand what you were asking for. And so finally we're just like, okay, we're not going to be able to get adjoining rooms. And there, there was no one else working there. Mm -hmm. So we were just like, okay, it just is what it is. But then the next morning we woke up and, um, there was all this banging on the roof. They were obviously working on that tarped area <laughs> or something. And so if you've ever been where the roof is getting worked on, it was just kind of this incessant noise. And uh-huh. then there was all this, I don't know if it was metal pieces that mm-hmm. were by our window that were just dumped out by our windows. You And so if you open up the window, the curtain didn't really work. It was kind of pulled off, like coming off. But um, you could just see all this junk basically mm-hmm. outside our window. And I, I left to go meet with my mom that morning. We were going to go out to breakfast. And in the middle of breakfast, I get this text from Jesse. And it is a picture of the window. And it's broken. And the first thing that I can think of, it kind of, it looked like something had hit the window and shattered it. And I thought, oh no, Silas had found some ball somewhere because he likes to just take a ball and just throw it, throw it against the wall, throw it against the wall. And we're constantly being like, you're going to break a window or something. And I thought he somehow found some ball somewhere and he was throwing it against the wall and it accidentally slipped and hit the window and it broke the window. And I was like, that's just great. But no, that's not what it was at all. No, they were, we were just sitting in a room and listening to the roofers throw down. I believe that it was, they were replacing a metal roof. So all the pieces were either flashing or metal pieces from the roof. And uh, one of the pieces grazed the window and smashed the window in. And so you're just sitting in the room. You mm-hmm. had both babies with you. And all of a sudden it just, yep, the window just kind of. I knew, like, did it bust out? Did it make a big loud noise? It just a, a crashing sound. But yeah, it was like, I knew it was going to happen because they were throwing the metal down and I just knew that one of the metal pieces was going to crash into the window. But what so. was really bad about it was that glass pieces flew into the room when they did this. Mm-hmm. And gratefully, the playpen had been right by the window 
it was and it was pushed further off. But gratefully, there had you hadn't been over there with the babies. No one was in the playpen. I mean, because it could have just been horrible, mm-hmm. terrible. It was such a liability. It could have just been terrible. But no one was over there, even though you were in the room. And so then you went to try to tell them that the window had cracked. And what happened? I went and talked to uh, the woman that was at the front desk and she came down to the room and went and talked to the roofers and they stopped. And one of the roofers came down and. And you said that they were thinking that you had broken the window for a while. I think initially that the lady at the front desk thought that we had broken the window. And then I showed her exactly what happened and she was very distraught about it. And so then they just pulled all the glass Mm -hmm. out yeah, one the roofers could. There, one roofer was on the outside of the window. Another one came in our room, and they were uh, using their hands to just to get all the rest of the glass out of, and take the panes out. So and, then the window was just open. Yep, just open. Nice, and it was a very hot, hot day. day. And flies coming. All in. the flies. Yep. It was just yeah. But we. So you, I called you. I was on the way back, and you were you kind of filled me in, and we were like, "What are we supposed to do?" And they were going to put us in another room. They're like, yes. So they said they could put us in another room and, you know, don't you want to stay? Don't you want to stay? And um, I let you take care of that one. Yes. I was able to, I believe we need to double check our account, but that we were able to get our money back for, I, I tried to be very gracious because, you know, I, it's not going to help anything for oh, no. to be all upset or something. It wasn't their fault. The roofers, that was a liability, but um, it's not the hotel's fault. And, um, so they were very gracious and the manager came, um, and he offered to, you know, put us in other rooms. Um, you know, but he did say to me, he said, if this had happened to me, I would be very angry about this. So I'm oh, actually, he did. I, yes. I didn't know that. So he said, I'm really surprised you're not angry. And I said, you know, um, no, it's, it's just that, you know, the room's getting really hot. There's a lot of flies and, I didn't list off all the other things. I also did say, um, we actually kind of booked this place because it said that there was a full hot breakfast and there's no breakfast. Oh, we did say full oh, hot oh, oh, breakfast. we didn't even share that part. So in yeah. the morning, when Silas got up, first thing to go down to get the breakfast, the one redeeming value of this hotel, and the lady at the front desk was like, no breakfast, no breakfast. That was the hotel that was here before us. So anyway... We decided, we made the decision to move to a different hotel. And it was this weird feeling when we walked into this hotel that was just a hotel that we've stayed at many times, this hotel chain, but it felt like a palace walking into it. It felt so clean and so kept up. And it just was, it just looked beautiful and luxurious. And it's just interesting how your perspective can change when mm-hmm. you've been in one situation and then you move to another situation. Um, it can just change your perspective. So we learned many lessons from that. Um, read reviews. Read reviews. Yes. Um, Recent reviews. That's the key. Yes. And Be- Because what we learned was the rating was based on like three or four years ago. Yes. Well, it, I, it's based upon years of yes. reviews versus like the last year of reviews. Yeah. And the hotel chain had recently changed hands. I, and I think it actually had not just been recent. I think it probably been in the last year or something. Mm-hmm. 
but it, it seems like it had gone really downhill since that from what we, because we talked to some other people who are familiar with the old chain that had been in there. Um, so yeah, lesson learned, read reviews. Um, and then also I'm very excited and very happy that Jesse was the one who chose this hotel mm-hmm. because um, if I had chosen it and it had turned out to be a disaster like that, um, I wouldn't live it down the, for yeah. a long, long time. The so the next time I make a mistake in the name of frugality or... So, so does this mean I can't bring up San Antonio anymore? We we can't even get into that hotel discussion on this podcast because we're already over time. But we learned a lot from it. And you would think after years and years of booking hotels online that we would not have had such a lemon. But I guess the other the other lesson is... Don't book a hotel in a hurry. Yep. And it's okay to walk away. <laughs> Maybe we should have walked away sooner. <laughs> but we stuck it out and we tried. But when when the window broke, that gave us a really good excuse to ask for our money back and walk away. There's another crazy travel story for you. I'd love to hear if you have a crazy travel story. Have you ever stayed in a hotel that turned out to be quite the lemon? Have you ever had a window broken when you were staying in a hotel room? I really want to know that because I think that's kind of like one of those one in a million sort of situations, but there we were and it happened. So we had to share it with you all. I hope you're having a great week and we will see you next week. Thank you for joining us today. For more great resources, please visit crystalpain.com. 